This show is distributed by SoundCloud. Welcome. Welcome to episode 127 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. And today it is a beautiful Easter Sunday. I mean, uh, sorry, not Easter Sunday, it's Mother's Day Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> what? I've had Easter on the mind for some reason. Yeah, well, it's, it wasn't that long ago, I guess. Um, yeah, did you have a nice Mother's Day? Oh, it's, it's so great to be a mother. <laughs> did you did you get your mom anything uh you know no I, i'm gonna give her a call though later i didn't she's on the other side of the country so uh we right. just talk we did uh we did a little mother's day hike this morning though we um sandy and i took the kids up and basically scaled a mountain for two hours that was our mother's day outing huh that and the now, we, were, you, were you actually climbing for real no or it was just... a hike i mean it was just a hike up the side of a mountain um but uh oh, it's still good yeah, it was good. Yeah, especially for, you know, when you're, you know, bringing along a, a six, four and three year old, you know. How did you even manage that? Did you did you tie it, tie them all together with rope? <laughs> no, they just, you know, come on, hurry up, <laughs> move it. <laughs> or, or a lot of a lot, a lot of time it was like, quit running, stop running, you know, because they're running up these these trails that go up the side of the, the mountain and there's like kind of a ledge off the right hand side and there's no guardrail right i mean you're mm-hmm. like stay in the middle of the path and they could go flying off the side of it so they have no fear though at that age do they they don't they also have no sense yeah. <laughs> that's the problem when you're uh three and four you just don't know anything so that was, was any a- of your in- intrinsic or extrinsic um motivations working during the trip yeah i think sandy threatened colby with uh not getting donuts if he didn't listen because <laughs> you know our, our sandy wanted us that was her, what she wanted to do she wanted to go hiking and then go get donuts afterwards and um she, yeah she threatened to take away the donuts if colby didn't listen so yeah that's that you're perpetually apply, applying the extrinsic motivation uh you know there's the stick and the carrot to kids there's just no way to get them to listen if you don't that's a good plan you pay for the sin before the pleasure yeah yeah so uh anyway um one thing i think we should uh mention before we get on is uh just uh, remind everyone about microconf okay go for it so uh rob welling's conference uh for uh single founder startups and bootstrappers is coming up uh june 6th and 7th in las vegas um gonna be all kind of cool speakers there like uh sean ellis and uh, patrick mckenzie and rob walling and and others um and we'll be there Right, we will be there. We'll be there hanging out and we'll be take, taking you for a meal to Applebee's. <laughs> Applebee's. Does it have to be Applebee's? Or- it has to be some, some, a place cheap enough that I can actually afford it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It'll be somewhere. So anyway, uh, and, if, and if you're thinking about going or you're going, uh, you know, s- send us an email and let us know so we'll, we can be on the lookout for you. Cool. So we got that out. Um, yeah, so I want to get started. I want to ask you about Uh-oh. the outsourcing. I'm very interested in, in that storyline. Okay. So why don't you give a recap from last show, just so we, people know what you're talking about. Uh, okay, so I decided to, um, based off uh, Ruben Gamas from Bitske- BitSketch and uh, a few other people that we've been speaking to, I decided that I was going to start trying to outsource some work for Plugio. 
and um, I've started outsourcing. And it's uh, Jason. Have you ever seen the um, the Benny Hill sketch where you know, yeah, that is very applicable to the experience that I'm having so far. Okay, it's good. It's just, it's just. I mean, the thing is, you and I, because we we build everything from the ground up, and this is one problem that we both face is if we were working in a framework that was already existed, it would be much easier for us in a sense to bring out outsources on board because we could say, Oh, it's cake. And we could just find people to, who already had experience in cake. Right. But when you, when it's just Justin's framework, right. Or Jason's framework, you kind of have to, to tell them from the ground up. And there's, you know, because we're kind of peculiar guys, we have our own peculiar ways of doing things. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, every framework has its own, its own idiosyncrasies, and also there's probably little to no documentation. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's not that's not the case with my framework. I mean, basically, what I did was I I chronicled it in, in video form, there in a very very detailed way. Okay, uh, as you saw, we discussed it last show, right? Okay, yeah, the guys went through those videos and and you know said that they understood it and and liked it, but then when it actually comes to work and making things happen. It's not quite as easy as you think. Sure. So what happened? Well, I'll tell you. Okay, so. <laughs> well, did I, did I tell you about the first guy who, who just didn't turn up on the first day? No. Okay, so the, the, the first guy um, I met on uh, Odesk, and we spoke on Skype by text, and we arranged a time, and um, it, we were going to start 10 a.m. on Monday, so we were speaking on the weekend, and basically he didn't actually turn up. Okay. So I was just kind of left there, like, whatever. So I basically said, all right, you didn't turn up. So it looks like you're probably not very serious about this. Um, so moved on to the next guy. So then the next guy I spent, I really put some effort in for the first few days to try and get these guys. So I guess there was like 25 people who'd answered on Odesk and I kind of found the ones who looked interesting. I sent, gave them all the test to do. Right. And just got so many responses back from the test. Uh, it, people just, Oh, it was really strange. The test said very specifically, because what I wanted to do was I wanted to test their JavaScript skills, right? Okay. I wanted to see how good they were at just creating a purely raw JavaScript page that created HTML. Right. So I just gave them this HTML file that had a JavaScript file attached, and the HTML file said, please do this small task and, and write it in the JavaScript file. And every single person, basically, who did the test replied with a completely different thing. They just basically uploaded it to their server and used PHP to pull data back from Twitter. Right. But I had supplied a JavaScript Twitter library. I'd said, just plug into that, you know, and it was, it was full documented. Right. So, I mean, for some reason they just didn't get it. You know, no one got that. Why, why do you think that might be? I have no idea. I mean, you said it was very clear in the video or in the uh, in instructions in the test that that would have been hard to miss that. It was like the first two lines. Like line number one was, Please create um, a, 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 an H, you know, a small app that looks looks like below. Basically, it was two divs, right? So a div, a div on the left, you could just add on your JavaScript page. You could add a name, and that was a Twitter handle. And then the div on the right, you just basically displayed the tweets. Okay. And and there, there was already a library that basically all you needed to supply this this um, Twitter library was basically the Twitter handle, and it would just pull back an array of tweets. Right. That was that was it. Right. You know, ten fifteen minutes work. 
Right. <laughs> but no one no one saw that. What, what, so what they all did was they, they just did it completely differently and they like uploaded it to their server and used PHP and went off and found a PHP Twitter library and things like that. I guess that's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, maybe there was something about the way you worded it or whatever that made it easy to miss. But they were were most of the um, candidates able to solve the problem? Mm, well, in, in so much as doing it completely wrong, yeah. Okay. I mean, they <laughs> solved the problem. They just solved it in a way you didn't want it solved. Yeah. I mean, that it, it doesn't really tell me anything. I mean, the whole point was I wanted to see what they were like at JavaScript. And they used PHP to solve it. Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay, right. Okay. <laughs> so, so anyway, so so then I anyway, I, sorry, cut making this into a long story. It doesn't need to be. So I started working with this one guy. So basically, we spoke by Skype. We agreed a rate. This is the second guy now. We started yeah. working to install the site. So he had access to Beanstalk. He had access to the videos. And we're working away. We're starting to install the site. And in the middle of the sentence, he disappeared. Like just in the middle of a sentence, literally, we just said one thing, like you know, install X Y Z. Uh, and he's like, okay. And then he, he left for 20 minutes. Like a wormhole opened up and just sucked him? Yeah. The wormhole. 20 minutes later, he came back. Wow. I, okay. said, I, I said, where'd you go? He said, I went to eat my dinner. <laughs> he didn't mention it, say, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing. Nothing to be right I, back. I, I said, don't you think it's a bit strange that I've just hired you on Odesk? We're in the middle of a sentence. And you just left without saying anything. And he said, I can't take this kind of pressure. I don't need to work for a boss like you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Candidate number three. <laughs> so. so that guy that guy was funny. Um, I, I am actually still working with him um, because I kind of ended up, then we ended up going into this long discussion. And anyway, it ended up okay at the end. Well, what's and, the um, long discussion about? Well, just just basically... Feelings. Yeah, basically expectations. I was like, why, why are you, you know, being like that? Why are you saying I don't need to work for a, a boss? Like, like, what's the deal? And he said, oh, okay, sorry. So he apologized. So anyway, so then we continue working. And, you know, I, I, I quite like this guy, actually. He's, he's, um, he's interesting. I mean, so far he hasn't actually done anything, but we've got a little bit going on, like the way that you and Guyon work. Okay. Like a kind of uh, like a shared screen, and what I did notice was just working with this guy. Even though he hasn't done any, actually done any work, I've actually got a lot of pluggier work out the way because of showing him how to do things. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so that- it's like I'm doing I'm doing things that I wouldn't have normally done, but bugs that I've been putting off for ages because I'm sharing with him. I'm actually doing them. Yeah, I, I've noticed that when there's work that I don't want to do, <laughs> I, I I always share it uh, or save it. To uh, to work with Guyon, yes, <laughs> I know he'll push me through it. If I if I go Guyon, we got to knock out these two problems. I mean, once I say we got to knock them out, I mean we got to knock them out, right? I can't just mm-hmm. bail. I mean, he's like, I thought we were going to do that, right? <laughs> so we just do it, and you know, not only do I have the added brain power and expertise of Guyon, I just have the added um, sort of motivation that you know that's something that we've decided we need to do, right? I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. to it's hard to for me to make a case to Guyon why we need to solve a problem, and then after ten minutes ago, I don't want to do it. It's too boring or it's too hard. You know, it just doesn't, it just, you know, you end up just pushing through it, through it. And I, I think working with another person, you're much more able to do that. Um, I mean, there are times when there, I, there's like big, long problems that have a lot of, um, the, the, the kind of problems that you're going to spend a lot of time staring at the ceiling, trying to figure out which way you want to do it. And I'll tend, sometimes tend to do those on my own because I just don't really know how to even 
how to even attack it, or, or not even how to attack it technically, but what I what I even want to do with it. And sometimes mm-hmm. I like to do that by myself because then I can just really sit back and think about it. If I haven't really decided, and Guyon's sitting there waiting for me, going, "Okay, so what do you what do you want to do?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I'm thinking." You know that that does that, that's mm. usually not the kind of problem to solve together. But um, but yeah, I see what you mean. It's it's good. you can push through the, a, a lot of boring, um, tedious crap with uh, with someone to work with. Well, yeah. So so basically, first of all, I was kind of just doing it to show him the framework, but then I was like. I might as well just get, you know, I wasn't expecting to do the work, but then every time he would ask me a question and I would say, okay, well, I'll just, you know, write this piece of code and then I'd paste that into Skype. And then I'm like, man, I'm just like two steps away from finishing this task, you know? So then I just said, look, what, you know, just, let's just, you share the screen with me, watch what I'm doing, and then you can see what's happening. And it's, it's good because as I said, you know, there's these longstanding issues um, like that. I finally fixed that one issue where, um, where the schedule queue wasn't displaying correctly because okay. it, it wasn't taking notice of the settings. So okay. I finally fixed that fully. Right. Um, also got it, did, did another one, which has been, I've been meaning to do for like a year, which is basically drag and drop reorder of the, of the schedule. That's cool. So that was nice to do. Um, These are things yeah. you posted up on uh, startup guild, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, so I think that that's what I'll do. I'll just, I'll just use it this way. I said, I'll work with him for the next couple of weeks, two hours a day. Um, and just basically screen share. And he does, he does have ideas and he does kind of, you know, he'll, he'll, we're not doing voice chat. We do by Skype and he will, as he's watching, he'll say, Oh, be careful. Cause I think this is going to happen. And he's been right a few times, you know, why don't you should do voice? It's so much faster. If you, if you don't have to type into Skype and you can actually talk while you're, uh, while you're coding. I don't know. Cause I guess, um, he's, I, I think he has re- really doesn't have great English. So I don't know if, how easy that's going to be. I think I just, it might just be. I'd just gonna try it. Just, just have some try. It. I mean, may, maybe it works. Maybe it because it might turn out his English isn't so bad. <laughs> he's just not used to doing it that way. I give it a shot. Right. I, I, okay. I mean, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, right? I mean, maybe he's hard yeah. to understand, or maybe he is in an environment where he doesn't feel comfortable talking, or whatever. But um, I, I can just tell you. I mean, I've been working this way with Guyon for oh, I don't know four, five years now. Yeah. Um, five years at least, and uh, it's it works really well. Of course, now we do we now with Skype video. We do it's video, which is even better. Oh, you do video, yeah. You don't find that that uh, kind of takes up the bandwidth. I guess no. you both got great connections. Yeah, you know, I do video. I feel weird. I feel like I'm blind when I'm not. When I don't have a video connection, and I'm talking really? to him now. I'm like, yeah, I because I got so used to doing it with Curtis. Curtis works. Uh, he's he's sort of in charge of uh, development at Uber. Mm-hmm. And he and I, every time we talk, we talked on uh, using video. So I've just gotten used to it. And now it, it just feels weird not to not to see. So the does person. the podcast we're doing right now feel weird? Yeah, I don't know why you're always hiding. Every time I'm like, "Hey, just show your face," you're like, oh, "I don't want to look at me." Ah. I'm like, "What are you?" That's because I'm always in my PJs. Yeah, we're not always in your PJs. There's something else going on. I don't know what it is, but you know, you like put a bag over your head. Don't look at me. Nobody look at me. <laughs> Well, that that's not going to be true at the um, at the event we're doing. Yeah, the, you can't the, really the hide there. That's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Will, that will be. So let me sh- let me show this. Okay, with, with this outsourcing with this guy you're using, I mean, are you planning on having like the first two or three weeks as kind of a launch pad? So after two or three weeks of kind of working together, he'll know the framework so well and your style of doing things that he should be able to go off on his own. Yeah, is that what you're what thinking? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that might be a good way to get 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 them started because not only that, I mean, if they're kind of working with you and you don't get a sense that they really understand what's going on or they don't have anything to contribute, um, 
then you can just uh, cut it, right? Mm-hmm. And it might be it might give you a better sense of things, and also you can establish a relationship there, you know. Yeah, exactly. Which which is also much better, much better. Which I think, by the way, would happen more easily if you if you uh, actually had a voice conversation as opposed to Skype. Yeah, no, I, I'm. I'll I'll check that out. I'll I'll see what happens. I'm I'm. Uh, let's say, uh, what's the word? I'm skeptical. You're skeptical. But we'll see. Yeah, I am. Yeah, we'll okay. see. But we'll see. I'll give it a try. Okay. Anything else you find you found for um that you've discovered from the outsourcing experience so far? Uh, I like the way that Odesk does this kind of snapshot thing. So basically, Odesk will take a snapshot, I think it's every couple of minutes, uh, or maybe every five minutes, when the person's actually using the Odesk timer. Okay. Um, so I, I like Odesk, the because I've tried out actually three guys now, and, and all three of them have been on the Odesk timer and tried doing stuff. So you can't see exactly what they're doing every minute, but because it's got this snapshot happening every few minutes or every five minutes, you can see vaguely what they're doing, and you can go through and see the kind of things that they were struggling with or not. And it's also very handy to have, it's great, like you go into a desk and it's like my team and then you've got these three, three guys working there and you can click into one of them, send them a message. So Odesk makes it real easy to manage. Um, Odesk does the billing. I like the fact that everything that's built through Odesk, it gives you some security because the provider's hooked into their, you know, all the NDA and the IP restriction stuff. Is Odesk the only so, site that, that provides this kind of stuff? Yeah, I, I, well, it's the only site that I know. I mean, Elance doesn't provide this. Okay. So Odesk has this has the workroom, and that's what's really good. You know, I didn't realize right. how good it was until I started uh, having a go at managing these guys. So the second guy, you, you see, you've no, you've mentioned three. There's a third person. Yeah. So he's a guy from um, I think it's from Ukraine or, or Russia, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um. He, so 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 he's one of the guys, like a five dollar guy. Another guy is like a ten dollar guy, and another guy is like a fifteen dollar guy. And the fifteen dollar guy is the one from Ukraine. Yeah. Okay. And um, he's, I think his his with the Odesk rate, it's sixteen sixty six. I think once okay. once you end up paying the full thing, so he, you know he's he's good. But um, I just think that like the 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 level of um, well, first of all, we we haven't been able to get Plugio the environment up and running on his system, okay. and to get it up and running, I'm going to have to do some considerable work um, because I've what I've I've used a PHP library to connect to Twitter. Okay. And basically this library uses a curl a curl connection protocol, which is like a multi-connect. Yep. And for whatever reason, this multi-connect is broken on 64-bit Windows 7. And this guy just uses 64-bit Windows 7. So I would have to... And I've be, being not very clever and breaking my own rules, I've really customized this, <laughs> this third-party library. Right. But the okay. reason is, is because the third-party party library didn't work when I used it. Like, I've made a, a whole bunch of changes to really make it work. Well, that's a problem with a lot of these open-source libraries. I mean, the, you know, the big flagship open-source projects are usually really good, but you get all these, all these, these sort of small libraries, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're like, you know, point two, version point oh two, you know, point two, right? I mean, they're usually right. so far from being complete and bug-free, and they're, and they're sufficiently complicated that you're always, there's always a question of, like, is it easier for me to build this from scratch or to go and hunt down all the problems and fix this code base that I didn't write and don't really understand? That's what's sometimes frustrating when people say, oh, there's a library for that. It's like, yeah, okay, there is a library for it. It's not like, you know, it's something you're, you can purchase and has support and everything, but... I guess the miracle function that I haven't described of this whole process is that you kind of need to speak to like 40 people, like get quotes from 40 different people and then, you know, explore each of 
each one of their profile and send each one a test or give them some weight to whittle down from the 40 to the three, you know, and that takes time. So it's, it's a one to two days work in its own right to really whittle down the people. Otherwise you're just going to be completely, you know, guessing. Yeah. So there's a big upfront cost. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of, there's different types of upfront, upfront costs. There's one is searching and sorting through a potential, a candidate, um, your candidates and then there's once you find somebody it's getting them up to speed yeah getting them up to speed getting them to know you the way that you work and kind of really but it's also extremely difficult to find individuals you know like it's it's much more about it's much more company driven whereas i think someone like you and me like real technical people probably just want to work with the same guy again and again i mean ruben did as well you remember yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he did it through a company but it's still difficult to set that up i think I mean, I don't. I get the impression that most companies don't do that out of the out of the gate. We mean most companies don't do that. Like oh, these, so because the way the ODesk works is they they have a thing where you can either be an individual provider or you can set up a company, set up a team, and then offer that team as a service. So most people are teams on ODesk, and right, I think okay. that those teams it's difficult to contract through a team and then only end up working with one person directly the same way that Ruben did. I think that's hard. What about Guru.com? Um, yeah, it could be. I mean, I, once again, I've only tried Odesk and I kind of wanted to try it because I had a hunch that that workroom stuff would be good. And I was kind of right about that. I don't know whether Guru does that. Right. What you might be able to do is find people on Elancer Guru and have them ask them to set up an account so you can work through Odesk. That's not a bad idea. I mean, obviously, that's, I guess, cheating Elance and um, Guru out of money. It's probably uh, illegal. I- Oh right, I guess I guess they, that's a good point. <laughs> right, <laughs> I do about that. Oh well, well that's interesting. Well, you said there was three, so there's one guy bailed, one guy from Ukraine have set up. Who's the third guy? Is there a third guy who are who you're working with? No, the fir- the first guy bailed. The second guy is the guy who said he didn't want to work for a boss like me. But yet he gets. But apparently he does. Yeah, but apparently he does. No, he's he's actually good. I, I'm liking him more and more as time goes on. Okay. Um, and then the third guy is uh the guy from Ukraine, and he. So I, I couldn't, it's, it was going to take me like three days to, to fix that library, to make it work on his system, basically. Right. And I'm not sure I want to put that time in. And I don't think also that he's going to be so much better than the, you know, than the other guy that it's worth me paying, you know, 1666 instead of, you know, 889 or whatever the other guy is. Plus you have all the upfront costs. So if you spend what, eight hours of work? doing it which you could have billed out at hundred dollars an hour well that's right and I, I i prefer working with the other guy at the at his rate's actually 889 i prefer working with that guy um sharing at that rate because i'm not losing so much money if i was working with the other guy i mean it's like double it's basically twice as much right you know, and, and like i said if you if you if you if it takes you eight hours of work that you you could have spent that time you know consulting yourself and let's yeah. say that's around eight or nine hundred dollars that's a hundred hours of the second yeah. guy yeah, that you could have fed, that you, that you, you've wasted just getting this other guy up to speed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, 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 that's something to consider for sure. So, and, and this other guy, I mean, the guy, the guy who I am beginning to like more and more, like he knows PHP very well. Like he really knows PHP itself inside out. Okay. And that's kind of important, you know? Does he and know JavaScript? Very, for- yeah. He's, he's, he's good at JavaScript. He knows jQuery. I mean, he's not, he's not the same level as, as I am. But he does know he does know jQuery pretty well, um, so and it, you know he's done jQuery projects. I mean he understands 
just all the concepts like sortable, you know, those kind of things that J. Crew gives you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's good. He's good in that sense. It's just that he's, I guess the one skill that I would have and probably you is the building of a complete system from the ground up, all the whole architecture of it, the whole system and the whole way that the, 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 the way the thing works as a whole. And that means that I can, because I understand everything and I've built a system like that. And also I understand systems like that as a whole, it means I can knock stuff out really quickly. Right. Right. So he, he, we went through this one, one thing and we did it in like an hour. He was like, I cannot believe you just did that in that amount of time. Like to me, that would have been at least a week's worth of work kind of thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, but he, you know, it's good. It's good. Well, cool. Well, I guess we'll keep tracking this story and see how it goes. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see if at some point you end up having to, uh, three or four competent developers all, all working on Plugio. That would be really cool. It would be great. I mean, just Plugio, just the revenue has to has to grow to to suit that to match that. But that's that would not be very awesome. much money. I mean, if they're like paying them eight bucks an hour, yeah, no, that's true. It's true. You know, it's, and you each have them working a few hours a day, four hours a day or something. That's not a ton of money. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of revenue and plug you, any updates? Yeah, definitely. Uh, let me just go and have a look. So it's doing very it's doing very nicely. So first. First eight days, right? So obviously we're eight days into this month. Mm-hmm. Mother's Mother's Day. So I'll go from December and I'll risk, I'll, I'll I'll reel off the months. Compare compare the first eight days month to month. Okay. Yeah. So December two hundred thirty one dollars. January two hundred forty one dollars. February two hundred sixty one dollars. March four hundred twenty two dollars. April four hundred ninety one dollars. May six hundred ninety one dollars. Yeah, if that was a stock, I would buy the crap out of that. <laughs> it's I'd really be jumping on that off. stock. I would be jumping on that stock. Yeah, so it's um it's 29% um uh, from on last month so far. I I've I've got a feeling that this 60 days thing is a real winner. Like basically every single month pre prior to this, the total month had an absolute minimum of 24 cancellations. I'm now 8 days in and I've had four cancellations and I'm sure one of those are someone actually just upgrading yeah you're you're gonna have to uh give a give a special thank you to michael slowinski of Manasby because that was yeah. his that was his uh approach that we learned yeah. interviewed him and that you decided was worth um adopting yourself right it's a it's a big deal and the amazing thing is right i mean obviously i need to wait the 60 day 60 days out and see how many people get refunds that's the question i don't know but all the literature says that it's very very few very few, like 5%. But the amazing thing is that it hasn't in any way impinged on the number of daily signups. So why don't you describe what, it, how, what your billing um, method was before and how, what it is now, just to summarize it for people. Sure. Um, okay, so for the, I guess this is for new listeners. Um, so before Plugio... Or for, or for listeners like me who just don't listen very carefully. <laughs> okay, so before Plugio worked on a 30-day free trial... Well, actually, Plugio has gone through three phases. The first phase is you could just sign up for free. Okay, it's gone through four phases. First phase, you could sign up for free. Okay. Second phase, you could sign up for a 30-day free trial, but you didn't need to give a credit card. Okay. Third phase is you could sign up for a 30-day free trial, but you needed to give a credit card when you signed up. And then after 30 days, it billed you. It okay. basically billed you after that 30 days. And it's just 
maybe three days before, it would send you an email saying, we're going to bill you in about three days time. But that was something you didn't do right away. It was No, I didn't do that right you away. Got and kinda, you got a couple of uh, shocked emails about that. And uh, you decided it was better to warn them so that you didn't shock, surprise anybody. They didn't forget about it. Yep. And when that warning was added, the, um, the cancellation rate went right up. That was a, a big boost to the cancellation rate. Okay. So people, people, people okay. Yeah, people warned. So then I knocked it down to 14 days uh, free trial and with a three-day warning. And then finally, we, in, we interviewed uh, Michael Slowinski. Yep. That's that his name? That's how you pronounce uh, it. Yep. Okay. And um, he said that on his, on his app, Nosby, what he does is he does something different. He basically says to people, you can use this for 60 days, start paying today, but you can get your money back at any time in those 60 days. So basically sign up today, you'll get your first pay, uh, I'll take first payment of $10, right? And then you can use it for another month, I'll take another payment of $10. Anytime during that period, you can say, I don't like it, I want my money back. So basically, it's try Nosby 60 days risk-free rather than try Nosby 60 days free. Right. So that's what Plugio says. It says, try Plugio for 60 days risk-free. See, I think, I think um, when people, once people spend money on something, they, there's a commitment. They've committed, right? They're like, okay, well, I guess I better start using this piece of software. Um, if you sign for something free thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to try this out, and then you get a warning say, that you're going to get charged – you might get a sense like, ah, you know, I had a chance to play with this thing. I don't think I want to get charged. But I think it's sort of that um, sunk cost, um, you know, psychological uh, yeah, that, bias. It, it is true. Yeah. So people, yeah, it's true. So I guess when they sign up, even, even though they're putting in their credit card, they feel like they haven't actually given money. Right. So, yeah. So they don't give the whole thing as much time. I mean, another thing is since this 60-day turnover, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like I've been getting a lot more emails from people saying how much they like it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think what happens is I think here's what I think is happening. And obviously, this is purely speculative, but this is what this is what I would guess is that because they're getting charged immediately, they start using it, right? I'm paying for this thing; I'm going to use it. Is probably what they're thinking, right? And then they start actually really using it, and they go, "Hey, this is cool, right? <laughs> mm. I actually like this thing." And then they get, and then they send you an email. I think that's it. Um, I know when I sign up for trial things, sometimes I sign up, but then I don't really use it right then. And then sometimes I forget about it. And then it's like weeks go by and I never even tried it. Like I, I you know, something we'll probably talk about later is this idea of, of the screen cat, creating some screencasts for Epic night. Mm -hmm. And I, I, yeah. I, I think I signed up for the 30 day free trial of ScreenFlow, or I think it's what it's called, but I still never used it. Right. And so I, my, my 30 day thing is expired. Uh, but if I had paid it's for funny. it, I probably would have used it. Yeah. I mean, I signed up to Nosby and having actually paid the money definitely made a difference for me. I mean, I spent, I guess I gave it like a good half an hour, 40 minutes looking around it and really trying to understand it. And I guess then since I looked into a bit more, I mean, I, I was thinking before I used Nosby, I was looking at the interface and I was thinking, oh God, it, it just doesn't work the way I want it to work. It doesn't do what I want to do. And then I had this other thought, I should program it. I should, I should program this. I could make money from this. I could do a system that was just so much better and works the way I want it to work. And then I thought, what, what am I thinking? What, like this thing, at least it sort of does what I needed to do. And it does it on the iPad. It does it on the iPhone. It does it on the web. I've got all these different apps. It's not exactly the interface I design, but it does a lot of great features that I need. So, and then I spent the $9 on it and or whatever it was, $9.95 and really looked into it. Now I've used it for a few, like for, I guess a month. It's actually pretty awesome. I have to say. That's cool. And, and for, for anyone who doesn't know, Nosby is like a, a getting things done GTD 
app, web, phone, iPad app, right? I'll tell you why, why I like it. It's just kind of pivoting the conversation here a little. The reason why I like Nosby is because it, I hate calendars, right? I really don't like having a big old calendar, Google calendar, that whole, whole kind of thing. But, but the problem is with that is I'm really bad at remembering appointments and dates as you will attest to right so well, yeah. what I, always no, t- I, I don't trust you remembering we have an interview so i always email you on a couple hours for you know t-minus you know two hours interview with so well, so so what i always do is i put it into I my big, don't put it into an i because i know you don't put it into a calendar so i know because well, i put it into my big ass test file text file text file right so always i've, I've got like these bullet points at the top of this scratch pad text file that basically says you know uh, texting interview coming up at such and such time. The problem with that system is that I then copy and paste other stuff on top and it gets pushed down and pushed down below the fold and then I just don't see it anymore, right? So that's just a pretty useless system. But I just want a way that I can just add a task and just set a date and then it just comes back and reminds... It, it keeps out of my way. It comes back and reminds me when it needs to. So basically what ha- what's happened is Nosby has ended up taking over the part of my big-ass text file that is my to-do list. And so now with Nosby, you can, you can kind of, it, it's so one click simple to just say basically next Wednesday at 10. They don't even have a calendar concept. Like they don't do it that way. You just select the, the day and then for a time they have a slider that's just like zero through to 24. So you can literally just do, okay, it's two clicks. All right. So you can get it in there with two clicks. You just type, type in a line of text, hit return. And then set the date, and then it just disappears, and it just reminds you on the day. So now, all of a sudden, I'm starting to remember things <laughs> that I just never remembered before. Right. So that's just very cool, um, and that's why I like it. Another another great thing that it does is it has this concept of like you know, like favorites, where you click, you add a star, you favorite something. So with this, uh, this it has the star concept, but then they end up being in the main tab, which is like your next actions. So it's just real easy to just keep a short to do list of what you're doing right now, but you can have any number of projects, but you just, when you flag that, flag an item, it then goes into your main list. You feel like so doing the GTD, GTD method with this project has made you more efficient or more productive? Definitely. I mean, I don't know whether I'm doing GTD. I mean, I'm just using Nosby the way that I think it makes sense to me, which is I just create, I, I guess I've got like 14 different projects, which I have in my life anyway, which is crazy. And then in each of those projects, I've got like, you know, 20, 30 tasks and then just I just go through and star the ones that I think I can deal with today. So that just instantly gives me a to-do list for today. And then it's a great feeling to just, it has this little checkbox where you can tick off a task. And it's a great feeling to just see that task ticked off. Oh yeah, done that. So usually at the end of every day, I've got like 15 to 20 tasks completed. And I feel right. like I'm moving forward, you know? Yeah, but, that's cool. But then doubling up as the calendar reminder, then it's, that's what makes it a very useful tool. And so how much should, um, should uh, Michael pay us for this little uh, product promotion. <laughs> <laughs> it's 500 bucks. <laughs> he's pro- I guess he's probably going to get, yeah, we should, we should, we should, I wish there was like an affiliate deal we had. Yeah, no down. kidding. Um, yeah. Well, that's, anyway. uh, well, that's cool. So, but uh, to back down the plug thing, just before we move on. Um, so based, if you extrapolate the numbers for the first week, you're looking at getting close to what? Three grand. No, I was I was one 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 thousand eight hundred and sixty nine last month. So extrapolating the figures now, it thinks that uh, we're only eight days in. It thinks that it's going to be because what it does is it takes it takes the new money and adds it onto the money it knows it got last month. Okay. So its its little projection is um, when I say its projection, I'm talking about my little stats revenue uh, control panel that I have on Plugio that I, only I can see. 
It's, it thinks it's going to go to 2,100 right now, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to hit 2,200, maybe 2,300. We'll see. We'll see. Um, the closer it gets to the end of the month, the clearer that becomes. So you're starting to get in some real money here. I mean, mm-hmm. you're getting up. I mean, 2,300, I mean, that's almost your uh, mortgage payment, right? Well, it's not that's- bad considering in December it was 819. Yeah, I mean, it's getting to the point now where um, Georgie is going to start having a little respect for it, for the Plugio project. Well, she, she could, what was, what's funny is, as it's grown on a month-by-month, like, so when it went from 819 to 996, she was like, so that's, only, that's less than 200. What's that? You know, that's not much. And then it grew from 996 to 119. She's like, oh, it's only 200. That's not too much. And so each month she, she said, oh, that's just a couple of hundred. But now she's looking at it and she said, Hey, that's two thousand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. yeah, it sneaks up on you. It's the power of gradualism. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. just uh, it's a little bit, a little bit, and eventually you have a huge number. I mean, at the rate you're going, I mean, you're going to be you know in a really good position by the end of the year. And what you're estimating it would take you a year to get to ten thousand a month. I think, yeah. And you were kind of really upset about that. <laughs> I'd love to get to that sooner. I mean, hopefully, if Keith, who we interviewed last week, um, starts uh, pushing pushing traffic through to Plugio, then that should really amp up the revenue. When is that going to kick in? I don't know when it's actually going to kick in. He's got a lot on his plate. So we'll it might see. be within a month or two. It might not be within a few Yeah, I exactly. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to kick in. We've got, like, we've signed contracts. We've gone through preliminaries. I know that I have to plug in tracking pixels, and then he is going to start doing campaigns. But I think he's, uh, he's in the middle of, like, releasing a project of his, that uh, Think FM. No, I was see. it Fic, Fic FM? Thick FM, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's great. Um, I'm I'm excited, excited to hear about that. So, um, I guess I would, I'll give you a little uh, App Ignite update. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Okay, so um, I set up three so far three beta testers. Um, Udi, who's a listener. Um, Michael uh, Richards, who's uh, also a listener, and. Uh, I think it's Richards, but, uh, uh, and then, uh, Aaron, uh, Knight from phrase mix and, you know, Aaron, and, uh, I know Aaron, I know Aaron, I think all of them are on start, uh, startup guild, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I think so. so. So anyway, so what I did is for, um, Udi and Michael, um, I, I, and I, I was planning to do this with Aaron as well. I said, Hey, you know, um, I'll set you up an account. Let's, let's and and, and uh, we'll we'll schedule a time, and I'll give you a, a demo, like a screen share demo kind of thing, right? And I, I did that. It was almost like a forty-five minute to an hour, you know, discussion. I mean, it wasn't the most efficient discussion. We spent some time just talking a little bit, and um, and got both those guys going. And uh, then I was going to do the same thing with Aaron. And but I, you know, with all of my sent them an invitation, like I, I and uh, he just went ahead and logged in and started creating stuff before we had hmm. a chance to talk, and actually created an application and figured everything out on his own. Oh, without, awesome! With without me having to explain, okay, so this is kind of how it works, and this is, you know, and see, there's there's no intro videos, there's no documentation, there's there's not hardly. So, so what was what app did he make? Well, he's he he has a English as a second language kind of. Um, app he's trying to build he 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 does something similar by just uh putting stuff up on his blog and he has i guess he has some no you know large number of people who use it for free and you know thousands of people who use it it's called phrase mix i think and he'll he'll create like an english phrase and kind of break it down into an example sentence and into the components of like why why the sentence works the way it does or why the phrase so was he trying to recreate his site 
Yeah, well, he wanted to make it work like an application as opposed to just a bunch of manual stuff that he types into, you know, blog pages. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, it was really interesting. So, well, a couple of things. Um, he, he, he was able to start to get something to kind of work. Um, Udi did the same thing. Udi was really fast, and, and he sent me a screenshot of, like, some stuff he went into some custom CSS and some custom jQuery stuff. And, and he sent me an email this morning. He said, so, so if, if, if Abignite doesn't do what I need to do, should I just go ahead and start customizing some stuff with PHP? And, and, and I'm like, yeah, do it. I mean, <laughs> I, what I want you to do is build the app that you want, right? And then, and then afterwards say, okay, well, Abignite either did, it did 90% of what I wanted. It did 40%. I mean, what did it do? What did it not know? At what point did it fall short and you had to step in and write custom code, right? And then, and then help me figure out what were the easy things that I could have done that it didn't do and um, what were the things that, how did it get in your way in ways that you think it shouldn't have and, and, and whatever, right? I mean, let's, that's what I want to know. Don't just say, okay, well, I need to build an app that does all this stuff, but I can only do these other things and so... Uh, whatever right it's just useless mm-hmm. app because it doesn't do when you you know the only thing it's re- the only the, the the best feedback is from, from people who are using it to to try and solve their problem yeah i think that's and so that's what udi is doing and 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 like aaron is the same way he started going and he's starting to mess with it. although aaron is not as much of a programmer he as he said he said he was a programmer in a previous life that he knows some but he's not as technical as udi udi is i think you know so uh, what happened with coder. so so Aaron basically created this. Uh, he's trying to create phrase mix um, mm-hmm. in in Apignite. He's creating his, like a personal finance tracker. And so the one the one that Aaron's creating, like how far did he get with it? I don't know yet. I mean, he he just created something really simple at first. But what when the, what but what he did do is he is he figured out like he customized the HTML and some CSS and he set up the models and he, he, he understood it, right? He understood the yeah. structure without any explanation, which is good because not only there's no explanation, I mean, there's not even any like copy on the, on the pages that says, okay, this is what this means, you know? He so, did, what did, so what did Udi get done then? Um, Udi, Udi was, a, he did the same thing. He created his models and his pages and, and customized it. Not only did he customize it, I mean, he used, you know, some custom JavaScript to do some other things. Now, I haven't seen the app, he just sent me a screenshot along with some, um, you know, feedback, some bugs and feature requests. Okay. So that was cool. I mean, so. So how are you feeling about it? I feel good. <laughs> I mean, I feel good that three <laughs> people are actually trying to use it. I tell you what was cool was talking to our listeners. Yeah. And it was really, uh, you know, because all, all, all of uh, these guys have been, you know, sort of active uh, com- commenters. So you, in some sense, I feel like I kind of know them. <laughs> and they know you. Oh yeah, they obviously. Well, that's funny because when I when I uh, first started um, talking to Aaron, he was like, he's like, yeah, I feel like I know you better than I know a lot of my friends. <laughs> so, Hilarious. It was funny. I think I freaked him out too because you know when I he heard my voice, he's just like, whoa, because <laughs> you know, he's so used to hearing listening to the podcast. It's just it's kind of bizarre when you hear somebody when you're talking to someone in person and you're used to hearing their voice. Um, in some sort of broadcasted medium, it's like a, you have to do a paradigm shift on it because your 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 whole consciousness is used to that kind of data input in one way. It was freaky, like when we started talking, like when we were interviewing uh, Jason Calacanis yeah. or uh, John, John C. Dvorak. I mean, it was it took a minute to just adjust. You're just like, wow, yeah. this is weird. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm speaking to a podcast and it's answering me back. <laughs> that's right. That's what it's kind of like. It it throws you off there, and I he was thrown off, and we were kind of laughing about it, but. Um, it was, it was, uh, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed talking to them. I mean, I had a little more of a, um, 
of just a normal or I say regular. Jason, I can't imagine what you really enjoyed talking. I know it's it's, it's just it, it beggars belief. It changes the pace for me. It's a you always got to try new things. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I was more of a conversation with Aaron than it was with uh, Michael and Udi because them I was trying. I was I was I, I was giving them a demo, an active demo, and it was sort of talking a little bit along the way. Whereas Aaron was like he'd already kind of crayed nap, and then there was a little more talking about. So, it. Uh, so does that mean Aaron is teacher's pet? Yeah. So one thing Aaron did is he sent me back a really, he was talking about the design, the way you design views. Mm -hmm. And the way I have right now is that you can configure a view where you determine what the formatting is on the fields, which fields are are being displayed. Because just because it's a view on a model, you may not want all the fields displayed and like a right. list, right? You know, so if you see like a, a, a list of, um, I don't know, blog posts or something or a list of, you're not going to, show the the content of the blog post you know mm -hmm. you might just show the title and the post date and maybe who wrote it or, or maybe just the first part of the content um so you you configure the fields that are displayed their formatting so how the date is formatted or how a number is formatted or you know things like that and uh, the sorting the sort order and then the filter you might filter out certain fields of uh, certain records that have a uh, certain certain properties like mm -hmm. showing tasks. I don't want to show tasks that are completed, <laughs> right? I don't care about those. Um, and then you could, but you can also then go and edit the, uh, the views, uh, HTML, the, uh, the template, right? Mm -hmm. Which shows the fields as sort of placeholders and you can edit the HTML around it. Uh, and he was kind of saying, hey, you know, I think he was what he was sort of anticipating, but he was also saying, even if that's not what it does, this is what he thinks it should do. And it was sort of like a sort of a whizzy wig, like you could drag and drop components. Like here are your components or fields and drag them onto this um, sort of canvas that would give you sort of a, a, a schematic or structured view of the view of the view uh, perspective of the view or something, which I right. thought was kind of interesting. I mean, he actually drew a whole like diagram of how it should work. Um, hmm. I thought it made a lot of sense. There was a lot to it that could work. So it uh, gave me something to think about. Um, oh, that's interesting. So you, so you, it's like that will genuinely be drag drop, which is a little bit different to how you've been thinking of it so well, far. Well, I'd always thought that we we'd want to make the the UI stuff drag and drop, just like how if you used Wufu and you drag and drop, you build a form by dragging and dropping form elements onto mm -hmm. your form page, and you can move them around and set properties. I'm mean, always and I and I Guyon and I built the form builder a while back. We just never implemented it uh, in AppIgnite. And I always thought we were going to want to do something similar to the uh, list views and instance views and things like that. But it was, it was, that was more of a nice to have and not an essential. So we felt like that's, that's more version two, right? At the very least, you have to give away to people can configure it and, and edit it, uh, edit the HTML. At least they can make it happen. Um, so um, it was interesting to get that feedback. Hmm. Okay. Um, I, so, so now that you've got this feedback, I mean, what what do you plan on doing? I mean, how's this going to push you forward? Well, I haven't. Um, so, what I'm going to do is and something I need to do today. Actually, is set up a, an application to collect feedback, um, so that they can add bugs, add feature requests, maybe ask questions, and they can maybe vote on stuff they think is high priority or low priority. Mm -hmm. um, and that'll be helpful to me. Right now, I told everybody, so just just for a few days, hold your feedback in any, and uh, just write down a text file, and I'll get this thing up, and then everybody can put their stuff into it. And uh, rather than using some third-party app... You're going to build that with AppIgnite, Yeah, right? I feel like I probably should eat my own dog food on this one. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, 
And uh, then once I have some feedback and if they're all kind of, if I see some consensus on some key features or key bugs, then I'll, I'll start attacking those right away. I mean, right now I'm working on things that I need it to do for a project that I'm working on. So you, do you still work on it every day? Oh yeah, every day. I will actually say almost every day. I don't, I don't think I worked on it yesterday. I'm trying to remember. Um, um, but yeah, pretty much every day. Yeah. Sometimes two or three hours a day. So yeah, quite a bit. And how much, how much work are you doing on Uber right now? How often, how many hours? Oh, you know, probably half a day, Hmm. give or take sometimes more. I mean, Curtis has been in town. Um, so whenever he's in town, we'll work all day on it and that kind of stuff. I mean, they just uh, launched New York, uh, Uber just launched New York. So we really got to get some dispatch stuff working because they're old. Um, they're the, the older version of the dispatch system, which just uses PHP and pull stuff in it and just basically pull stuff in, into out of the database and push, push stuff into the database. There's no in memory, uh, data, yeah, it just is getting crushed by New York. So basically, uh, I get it right. So, so how come they don't just just like set up a new server? I mean, just a completely new server? Uh, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know. That's a whole other conversation, and I don't really have the answers to all that because that Curtis is dealing with that. So <laughs> I'm just basically, I'm just not worried about it, right? I'm just worrying about the the Node.js version that I'm building. You know, um, but so one thing I want to say about the uh, the Epic Night um, beta, yeah. So I emailed Neville. You remember Neville? Oh yeah. So I emailed him, and because he 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 was one of maybe a dozen people who had emailed me very early on, expressing interest in the in participating in the Epic Night beta, and said they definitely had something they'd like to build and whatever. And so I email, I, and there's a few more people I might email. I mean, I wouldn't mind getting you know ten ten people as beta testers, especially the people who who sent me an email like a year ago <laughs> or more, and. Mm-hmm. I, I said, oh, by the way, and so he, Neville was excited to be a part of it. He's like, yeah, I definitely will, there's something I want to build. And, and I said, hey, by the way, I haven't heard, I haven't seen you comment in a while. And he's like, well, ever since you guys moved to SoundCloud, I can't listen to it at work. And work is the only time that I can listen to it because, you know, that's the only time I have to listen to the show. And our uh, IT department blocks SoundCloud. What the? Yeah, I was like, "What?" Okay, that's really annoying. So that was that was a bummer to hear that, and it was funny because Neville was one of our big commenters, right? He was like Bams or Ben Boyd or when you know these guys, Michael or Philip Monet. I mean, these guys who you know you're almost anticipating their feedback on a show. So I wonder how we can uh, how we can fix that. Well, I I I noticed that we have a download link that actually pulls the MP3 directly from our site. No, it doesn't. That's just that's just a redirect. Okay, so maybe what you can do is have it not redirect, and we have it there, so that the very few people who actually download it can download directly from our from Texing Live. What you mean? So we actually upload the MP3s to our site as well? Yeah, yeah, that could be that could be um, that could be done. It's not a huge deal. It won't be a huge amount of bandwidth because it's not. Gonna, it's going to be a minority of people who would even do that anyway. Okay, so. Um, yeah, because I, I, I that's an extra piece of work for me to do every show. But what the hell? <laughs> but for Neville, <laughs> I felt really bad. I was actually bummed. He's like, "Yeah, I haven't listened to it since you guys moved to SoundCloud." I'm like, "Really? That sucks." You know, I yeah, was like, "Man, suck. you missed." But you know, I mean, we we have like, uh, it, like you say, it's not a lot of bandwidth, but to do that for every show, it's pretty significant. Like, uh, it's ten gigs of data that we need to store on a server somewhere. So that's. Not bandwidth, that's storage space. 
yeah so storage space so we we'd somehow need to upload 10 gigs which i i'd be more than happy to to pass that task off to you i wonder if there's a way that we can do it that you can just do a bulk upload and it's not and it's not a big deal well at the end of the day it's just i mean what you're talking about it's just talking about us ftping onto a server so two two things we need to find a server that's going to accept 10 20 30 40 gigs worth of storage and then the other thing is we need to upload those 10 gigs onto that server so i think we'll need to change servers to do this or, or i guess i guess we could just have get a new server somewhere i mean maybe we could put it on um i don't know amazon or something yeah, look, at, we can, you know, we can talk about it offline, but yeah, I'd like to solve that because I, I felt I was, I was actually kind of bummed that we had lost. Yeah. Neville fell off the wagon. Like we're, I feel like we're driving on the road and he was on the end of the wagon and he just fell off and we never went to notice. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, hey, where's Neville? <laughs> like I haven't heard from Neville in a while, man. It's like, hey, man, Neville's oh, that's gone. That's nice of you. That's <laughs> nice of you to notice every listener. And... Or it's like in the, it's like in the, uh, it's like in the horror movie where the guy in the back of the line gets picked off. Everybody's like. <laughs> Where'd he go? Oh, <laughs> Neville's the guy who got picked off. He is. He's the guy that's picked off. That's when the guy decided today, Sandy and I uh, decided that our, our middle daughter, Izzy, would be the girl in the horror movie who would be kind of complaining, and then she'd be the one who'd be chased and would trip over something and get killed by the monster every time. <laughs> she always trips over stuff. It's just like, she's, she's dead meat if she ever gets in a horror movie. I mean, she's gone. And Colby's dead meat because he's always the one like, let's go investigate. It's like, no. The monster's in the basement. Don't go <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> okay, don't investigate. Unless you're going back with the Marine Corps. Okay? <laughs> don't hey, go. Hey, just, just to wrap up that uh, conversation about um, us doing that, I think it'd be great to get some feedback from the listeners because I've got a feeling that so, some of our listeners, one of our listeners will know a really good, cheap place to just store these MP3 files. Because that's essentially what it is. It's just a, like some kind of service or web server or cloud service but like maybe cloud service isn't such a good idea, but just some way that we can store these on a web server somewhere, some web company that does a really great deal where it's unlimited bandwidth, unlimited storage kind of thing. Right. So just, just comment and let us know. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, that's, so, so are we done with Epic night? I mean, I'm, ha- I'm yeah. happy to talk about let's, it more. Let's move on. Oh no, actually I have a, another, I um, issue with Epic night that I want to talk about. Uh Oh, issue. Not an issue, but so, and I posted this on, um, startup guild but nobody answered so i was okay. like okay uh, I'm, I'm implementing a full text search so when you generate an app you can define um you can make sort of a model searchable mm. right so um and sometimes you'll like let's say that you have like a search on a blog let's say you developed a blog app i mean you want you'd want people to be able to search across not just the post and the post title but also the content of the comments mm-hmm. right so you're searching across two separate tables and I'd read one um, post was talking about making full text search uh, my my sequels for built in full text search work across multiple tables well and 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 they were suggesting that uh, the guy was suggesting that you create a separate search table so you essentially have a duplicate table um, that just has the searchable fields mm-hmm. so it it imagine that the field name would be, would be prefi- prefixed by the uh, the table that the field is and say underscore and then the actual column name of that table, right? Mm-hmm. So you could store all of it into one searchable table and then of course the get the foreign ID back to the original to the respective table, maybe a you know the table name or something. But um, yeah, anyway, so that's how you would do it. And the other thing about full text search, it only works on my ISAM tables. It doesn't work on NODB mm-hmm. tables. And for anyone who doesn't know, so my ISAM 
is very fast for read-only operations, but, it's, but it does uh, table-level locking, I believe. So it's not that great for updates and inserts. It's not as fast as so NODB is. So if you, and NODB has some things that, like, I think it supports transactions. It's a little more of a sophisticated table mm-hmm. than uh, table type than my ISAM. Um, but it, I, and I think that, I'm not, I don't know this for sure, but I think um, what will happen is on bigger websites, they'll have a lot of their, their there are tables that people are using that, that, that a lot of inserts and updates are happening. They'll make those NODB, but then they'll make duplicate tables and they'll make slave, databa- slave databases that are just like my, I, that all the tables are my ISAM because they're just read only. Yeah. Something along those lines. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a lot much experience with, with setting up those kind of things. So I might be a little bit incorrect on that. But um, anyway, I was just curious what your experience was with using full text search. Um, and had you done anything like that by creating up search tables as opposed to just setting up you know, a full text key for the fields that you wanted searchable? The only one thing is just to remember that a title versus body text should have more weight in your search results. That's what you call scoring, right? You score yeah, the exactly. results. So you can create a score as, a, uh, like a, as sort of a scalar by the um, value of the, of the match against... Um, well, no, they, they give you MySQL gives you a score anyway, right? So MySQL yeah. gives you a score like zero through to one. Mm-hmm. But what but what you do then is, you know, the way that you can um, in SQL you can do like you can multiply, basically. Right. So you so just basically for the subject one, you just do um, subject equals the the score that MySQL gives me multiplied by a hundred, and right. then for the body body text you just multiply it by ten or whatever. I mean, I. I just picked two random values. It could be one and two as well, right? Um, And then you just basically add both of those together to give you an overall rating. See what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and that's pretty pretty much all you need to know. I mean, you already think along the right lines and the question is. So I was wondering if I should do that at the start or if I just keep it simple and just say, well, you can only search across a single table for right now and not worry about setting up multiple tables and, and search tables. I mean... When I've done something like this, I've been working with a very known structure in a very known database. So, for example, searching across a certain type of articles or maybe at max like four different types of articles, but they're usually all in an articles database, you know, in an articles table. Whereas what you're talking about is something that's different because you can have an arbitrary number of, you know, different uh, views and models and it's all completely different. So I, I don't see how you can do it any other way than just splitting it all up to begin with. Right. Yeah. So I want to I, I want to get something up quickly that works, and but I don't want to do anything that's that's completely back asswards. Right. So I'm trying to think. That's what I'm trying. I was asking, should I just do this? Just set up the took the full text keys on the original models or on the original oh, tables? Oh, I see. I see. And yeah. not not worry about multi-table searches and and custom scoring, and then maybe come back in a couple months. And when some people start complaining about it and then say, okay, now you can search across multiple tables and you can write custom scoring on individual, um, you know, columns and, and things like that. I think it's going to be, <clears throat> if you, if you only have the search in the, each of the different tables, then what you're saying is people can only search one table at a time. Is that what you mean? Right. Cause I think that you, I, I, I you know, I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. So I, I thought I'd read somewhere that you can't do full, full text search across multiple tables, but that no, make, no, you, can't. you can't do that. No. Why is that? That doesn't make sense. Can't you just do a join? Are you uh, results? That doesn't make any sense. I, I remember reading that and it stuck in my head, but I started thinking, I'm like, well, why, why wouldn't you be able to do that? 
Yeah, I guess maybe. Maybe it would be possible. I mean, I didn't, even, st- I didn't even. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even do a test. I mean, yeah, I could have taken thirty seconds and, and tested on an existing database, but I never tried it. So, I but it's not very. It's not very difficult. I mean, look, all you do is you just have an abstracted function, which is like search, just you know, add to search index, and you just give it an ID and a table name and some text. I mean, you if you just wanted to do a really basic thing of being able to get it to search across multiple tables, and then just at the bottom of all of your functions, whenever there's any kind of text input, you just shove it through that function. And if there isn't a row in the in the search index, it'll add it. And if there is, it will update it. Right. So essentially, you just have because you because you have a second table, you're going to always have to ins- do two inserts or two updates. Yeah, basically, yeah. Mm. And I mean, it, it depends on whether you want to do those updates live or whether you want to do them as a batch. Right. Like some batch kind of, them every minute or yeah. minutes or thirty minutes or or just put them in some kind of a queue work yeah. queue that does it. Well, what you could do is you yeah exactly every time you did an update, you could just basically just add an ID to a queue and say. You know this this table needs reindexing, and then you could just have an indexer that that runs around the clock. Yeah. See, so so the thing is, is all the things you're talking about sound like really good ideas, but they're probably but you're you're probably the the effort that it would take to just add full text key to an existing table is you're, you're, what you're talking about is a lot more work, right? So yeah, but adding an adding a, a full text key to the table, right? I mean, that doesn't give you that much utility. It doesn't give the user that much utility for their app, right? Because look. You know, as you correctly say, the first thing they're going to do is create like a main field, a main kind of, uh, what do you call them, a model, right? And then they're going to have a sub a sub model of comments. So if you can only search one table, it's going to be not very useful for them because they are going to want comments coming back, aren't they? I would think so. I'm just wondering if, um, you know, because it's like, you know, what we're talking about here is it's easy to make an argument to do it. But then, of course, there are you forgot about the other 300 things that people want done immediately. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, I can make a list of, you know, I, I, you know, dozens and dozens of things that you might say, well, those things are more important than search are flat out. So you shouldn't even be doing search. Right. So well, the question, I, I think, uh, no, I, I don't think, I mean, I don't think there's very many things more important than search, honestly, in, in, <laughs> really? in a data driven, in a, in a data driven system where people are inputting their data, it's probably one of the most important things to be able to find your data with a few keywords. But what that what that does mean is that it may well just be easier. You know, it, it's not so much about the ranking. That stuff's not even that important. What's important is that they can just find their information with a few keywords. Right. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, I think it's enough discussion on that. But that's that's you know, you have some good ideas. So I'm um, you know, make a decision on that and get something going. But that's 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 what I've been working on this last couple of days. Um, so uh, one thing I want to say about the podcast before gone is I yeah. I I, uh, I shot for a, a big time guest. Um, yes. See, I, I emailed Jerry Pornell, who, okay. who is you know one of the most famous sci- science fiction writers of all times. So he was also like a uh, aerospace scientist. I think he has a P- couple PhDs, and he. Uh, I you know he was he's big I think he's been a big proponent of like space exploration out of a bunch of different you know been a part of a bunch of different uh, groups that were pushing for that I th- I don't know if he's know if he worked at NASA or not but I know he was a space scientist and he's written the article Chaos Manor in Byte magazine and he just has it on, on his website so he's he's a he's been a sort of a computing technology pundit for you know, 20 or 30 years or whatever. So I thought, and he periodically he'll, he'll come on this week in tech with, um, Lil Laporte. And mm-hmm. he's always one of my favorite guests. He, he alongside, uh, uh, John C. Dvorak. And I was like, you know, I wonder if we could get 
get Jerry Pornell. I mean, I don't know. He seems like a nice guy because he actually he, he'll post his responses to, his, to email emailed questions to him on his website. <clears throat> so if he actually interacts with with sort of uh, with people that way, maybe he would be willing to come on. When did you send the email to him? I sent it to him yesterday. I haven't heard him back, but a lot of times I don't hear back from people for three, four days or sometimes a couple of weeks. Yeah. But the other idea I had, so the other person I really would want to talk to, and I mentioned, we talked about this before, was Elon Musk, who's the CEO of, of Tesla Motors and SpaceX. And SpaceX has, they've just done some amazing things. Their, their, their launch cost for their, their, their rockets, I think, um, are, is, it actually beats out the Chinese. The Chinese can't even compete with them. <laughs> Way cheaper than you know than delivering payloads into space from the Soyuz rockets. I think they're I think Soyuz the Russian rockets, and way cheaper than of course what what NASA could do with anything like the space shuttle or whatever. And I was reading some stuff on that through the day, and it was just amazing what they've been able to do in the time frame where they've been able to do it in. And so they have a big contract with NASA, and he's made some statements recently about wanting to send, you know, get stuff going to Mars, and you know, and it was just that he's just the kind of person who. Yeah, you know, he's the most fascinating kind of pe- person to talk to because he's not only technically um, interesting, he's doing technical things, but a huge vision. I mean, he's really going after something big and he's, and it's working, right? Mm. He's not just talking about it. I mean, they've got a lot. Two times. Yeah. I mean, T- Tesla Motors is an amazing, I mean, it's still early, but it's still an amazing success to what they've been able to do so far. And uh, SpaceX, I mean, even if, if totally apart from Tesla Motors, I mean, SpaceX is just an unbelievable story. So, and I think you had suggested that I invite him and I'm just like, Justin, give me a break. He's not going <laughs> to respond to my email, and even if I could get through their media people. Um, but then I thought, what if I could get Jerry Pornell on and, and then invite Elon Musk and say, Jerry Pornell will be asking him questions because Jerry Pornell has been a long proponent of space exploration, right? Well, it's good for, it's good for both, both guests because both guests um, can get, I guess gain the, the benefit and exposure of the other guests. So, yeah, I mean, I think I, I would think that Jared Pornell would be the kind of person who would get a he would probably get a kick out of talking and be able to ask uh, Elon Musk questions, right? Right, because he's you know he's he's an older guy. He's in his seventies. I mean, he's been talking about and writing about you know space travel for a long time, and now we have this young upstart CEO who's making it happen. So it would mm-hmm. be cool. I would think it'd be cool and interesting for him to ask Elon questions. And I would think if you were Elon Musk, having probably grown up and read a lot of stuff that uh, Jerry has written, that it would be really interesting to at, even ask him what he thinks about some of this stuff. So it's almost like you're kind of manufacturing the perfect dinner party. I'm trying. I just It occurred to me yesterday, I'm like, boy, this is, this is ballsy to try and do this. <laughs> but I was trying to think, how can I make this happen? And it occurred to me that that would be the best way. And I said, okay, well, first I'm going to try and get Jerry. Jerry seems like a you know, a nice guy and that he might actually just come on the show straight up, you know, and it would be mm-hmm. fascinating to just have him even apart from the Elon Musk thing. And I thought if we can get him to agree to come on and maybe he has fun and, 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 and finds it to be a, a, not a waste of his time that maybe we could talk him into say, Hey, what do we come on again in a, in a month or two? And we actually try and get Elon Musk and maybe, maybe he'd be up for that. So that's a nice plan. That's a nice plan. I like that kind of, it's like, um, what is it? It's like an adjuvant. <laughs> Yeah. An adjuvant, it's like, you, like you, using an adjuvant in in serum, you know, like they they're like the particles that you add to make the serum more effective. Oh, right, yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of when I uh, first started up my um, my soccer team. You know, for any new listeners, we talk, we haven't talked about this in a while, but I, I started like a men's amateur slash semi pro 
uh, soccer team back mm-hmm. 10, 11 years ago. And to get these really high quality players, players who'd played professionally in Europe or the US or guys who were at the very least were like really good division scholarship, division one players at top schools. I mean, to get those guys to come on some team that doesn't have any sort of um, history or any, um, isn't a really successful team already, it's tough. So what I had to do is I would go and I'd talk to a bunch of good players and I'd say, hey, yeah, I'm talking to these other guys and I think I might get a chance to get those, get, get them on the team. And, you know, when first you start talking about getting them on a new team, they're like, eh, whatever, you know, I'm already talking to these other teams or I'm going to play for this other you know, big deal team and they're going to pay me $100 a game or whatever. And I say, yeah, okay, well, that's fine. But, you know, I'm going to talk to this guy and this guy and this guy. And if we can get these, all, all of you guys together, we'll, we'll be one of the best teams in the state, if not the country. And they're just like, and that, then they got really excited. Mm-hmm. And it worked. You just mm-hmm. cross your fingers that they all show up to the same practice. <laughs> that's what I did. I mean, that's the I trick. I promised them. I said, I, I think I can get them. And uh, I think they, I was convincing enough uh, that they, uh, that everybody showed up and then all of a sudden you have this big core of really talented players and all the other guys hear about them or see them in practice and they get really excited and then all of a sudden you got it. So it's kind of Well, let's hope that neither Jerry nor um, Elon listen to this show and, and understand our plan. Well, I, I mean, I, I was actually going to email Jerry about that and say, hey, why don't you come on the show? But we're also thinking if we could try and make the, a show with you and Elon. But then I didn't want to make the email too long because you know when you get emails are just too long, you people just don't mm-hmm. them. It's like yeah. teletext. So if I can get the conversation started with him at all, um, with about him coming on, then I might say, "Hey, this is what we're thinking." Is all as well. I mean, I don't, this, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just, mm-hmm. I would think he'd want to do it. I mean, he would probably get excited about it. So, but I just didn't want him to, because if there's an email that's like four or five sentences, you'll read it on the spot. If it's an email that's like three paragraphs, you're like kind of, <laughs> yeah, you, you bookmark it. it, you bookmark yeah. it, and go and look, go and read it later. But then it kind of gradually drops to the drops off the list. Yeah, yeah. So I got a um, I got a totally uh, off-topic thing to to mention. All right, sure. I got I got one after that. Okay. So well, why don't you go ahead? We'll get to mine in a minute. I've been talking. Well, mine's just a short one, but you remember um, you remember our old uh, building a blog out of WordPress or using HTML? Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. So you you built your blog out of HTML. I use WordPress. So I got um, uh, an email from someone who said because you know I've I've had this guy um basically posting to the Plugio blog every day so the blog started really get you know picking up pace and it's got more information on it every day so so someone uh emailed me and said i, I really like the plugio blog i really like it but you know what i just i've started following it but i want to look at it on my cell phone but it just looks really bad i can't see it i can't work it that way right um, because just the, the whole formatting of the theme etc cetera, etc cetera. and so i was like oh god what am i gonna do how am i gonna make this work right so I just typed in WordPress mobile and lo and behold, there's a plugin. You can just plug straight into WordPress and like 10 second install. And now all of a sudden, if anyone looks at Plugio on a cell, um, it just looks like a, a normal, a normal mobile site. It just, right. I just thought that is awesome. That is very cool. Yeah. That well, I mean, the, that's, that's something, that's something you can do. You're right. I mean, with using WordPress, um, you can, you can benefit from this huge ecosystem of plugins and stuff. Just the power of just installing something and... You know, no, no more than ten seconds work. Anyway, that was that was all. No, you said that you were going to start slowing down the um, that whole um, I don't know approach of of having of having this other guy write content because it wasn't paying off. You didn't feel like from an SEO. I feel like it's not paying off from an SEO point of view, but from an ego point of view, I like the fact that stuff's going out regularly. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to scale him back 
to maybe two posts a week or maybe three posts a week. And um, so then the costs will be a lot less to me, but the the blog will still look kind of up to date and current. So I, I even think just from that point of view, it's good. There are quite a lot of searches coming in from it now, but they're pretty much 100% bounce rate. So they're not that great in that sense. I still would like the idea of um, just having it, keeping it updated regularly. Yeah, I mean, two a week is not is is is, is good for a blog. Two a I think two a week, yeah, two a week, two a week are, is fine. And then you could have him write some other stuff. There are some other, yeah. pro- there are probably some other SEO tactics rather than writing blog posts yeah. that you could that you could um, employ that would work. I would think. Anyway, so that so that was it. So just a, a, a very brief detail. What what were you going to bring up? So this is totally off topic. Do you remember? I think this was um, about last summer, and I and I had an idea for like a like a TV show or movie <laughs> about about the whole alien on the whole alien topic. And I said, are you, you are getting obsessed with aliens, dude. No, no, anyway, go on. Is, no, no, this was uh, a year ago, right? You remember? Right, you, remember yeah. you remember we mentioned this, right? N- uh, no, I don't. I don't. Okay, so and I said, me. well, it was all based on this article by Catherine Austin Fitz, and she's talking about how she was invited to speak at the Arlington. Institute or invited right. to be part of a of a of a talk or something, yeah. and they were gonna and the and the and the idea was they were gonna discuss um a, doing a white paper for the Navy based on uh, how to deal with the public's reaction to the admission that it that the government or the government's admission that aliens exist among us and have, and have been living among us. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that was just sort of like this sort of shocking admission from the from from this person who was the assistant secretary of urban uh, uh, housing and urban development. Right? Yeah. I mean, so it was a big deal person to admit to say something like this. And I'm like, OK, regardless of, it, of the truth of that, that would be a fantastic like first scene in a movie. <laughs> oh, right? yeah. I remember you saying that. Yeah. The right? first like scene, that. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine like movie starts up and it's kind of like you, you're you're in this boardroom of this sort of high you know, highfalutin uh, think tank in DC or something and everyone's piling around and, and you're brought in and there's all these big shots like uh, James Woolsey was on this board he's the exit CI director of the CIA and you know all these really big time people and and actually seriously talking about something like this and you're just like what <laughs> you, at first you'd probably think you're they're, they're just kidding with you right they're just messing with you and that would be an interesting way to start a movie or a TV show so what so you'll you have a okay. recap about this? Well, yeah. So I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, I don't know why this occurred to me, but I was like, you know, it would be kind of cool is like if you had a two part, uh, like two storylines for like a TV series like this, that would yeah. be the, the A storyline and the B storyline would be a second group. And I was kind of thinking like an Ocean's Eleven group that try that, that, that figures out a way to con and break into Area 51. Right. So you have this sort of group where... They're kind of like, you know, there's a couple hackers in there. There's some con men, you know, utility guys, whatever. So these quirky characters and, you know, you come up with some motivation why they need to get everything. Maybe these guys are somewhat criminal. Maybe they get offered or threatened by some bigger group and they say, hey, look, if you can air the, the, the alien technology or they don't even specify alien technology. There's advanced technology in there. We'll pay you, we'll pay you $100 million if you get access. And they're like, you know, done, right? We're gonna, okay. we're in. And so you have these quirky characters figure out how to get into Area 51. And I was kind of thinking you'd have like, you know, it start off and it would show some kind of, you know, kind of this kind of fat guy sitting out there on like a lawn chair. And he's kind of sitting on this on the top of this rocky thing. And he's kind of arguing with some other guy about some sports stuff or whatever. And 
and and uh, you hear him making a phone call saying, "Yeah, yeah, it's it's it. They're here. It's it's in. It's in." And you see him looking through this gigantic, huge telephoto lens down at the uh, Las Vegas airport, and it shows the airplane coming in with the red stripe, which is the airplane that's used to take employees to Area Fifty One. Right. And, and then you, and it radios in, these guys pick up their phones, you know, two or three guys pick up their phones and they're, and they're in the concourse of the Las Vegas airport and where the plane's going to dock and they start following guys off the plane and, and, and start to figure out where these guys live and who they are and trying to, how to infiltrate and get, you know, copy their, you know, their fingerprints or whatever, you know, the kind of mission impossible kind of stuff. But also, Jason, be- I, have a, I have a question for you. Why do I feel like you've, you've eaten some mushrooms this morning? <laughs> you don't think that's a good idea? I think it's a good idea, but why are you thinking about it? It's like, I'm just, I'm curious. Like, well, well, you what, know, why do you think about it? When, right? when are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about this in the shower or like when you're I don't walking know. I think about all kind of stuff, Justin. I think about <laughs> stuff. I constantly have ideas for all kind of stuff, not just about writing software, right? No, I know we all do, but we, we need to, we need to censor ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't censor myself. <laughs> talk to sandy and she'll tell you i don't if i think it it's coming out my mouth <laughs> that's no, i mean it's awesome but like are you hoping to 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 monetize yeah, it make some so, money okay, from so it so it was funny so i was sitting at lunch on friday with uh pat maddox and curtis curtis is in town and so we're grabbing lunch and we were joking about this stuff and i said hey i gotta tell you what this guy did and they both started kind of laughing like you did like yeah they kind of like they both got it right like that would be a funny movie a show right like they could see it working like and, and I was like, yeah, I think that would work. I think as a, as like a, as a basic premise, if you could come up with a storyline for it, I just think that setup would be funny enough um, that would be interesting. And you make it kind of a serious thing, but also have, uh, you know, it's, it's a drama, but it would also be, it would have its comedic moment, just like in Ocean's Eleven. I feel right? like the, the way that you're talking about it, I feel like you feel like you want to make it happen. Well, like you I, have a I, bit I have of a passion my, to have, really see it. I haven't finished the story yet. Okay. Okay. So, um, Yesterday, I go to uh, I go to the gym to work out, and there's a, there's one guy who's a friend of mine there who's a uh, a, a writer. He writes uh, screenplays and TV shows, producer. <laughs> and I go, hey Tyler, I go, let me uh, I go, let me tell you, he, he's sitting there doing his workout, and I just like Tyler, I got an idea. Let me tell you this uh, this movie that I'm thinking about. And he's like, all right. So I tell him, and he's like, let's do it, let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Because I'll do it right now. He's like, he's like, listen. He's like, and he's like, this is how you do it. This is how you play it. He's like, yeah. He's like, so do you want to make it a movie or a TV show? I'm like, I think on TV show. He's like, yeah, you do it. He's like, he's like, so would you want to think a comedy? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, I'll I'll go home and write the first ten pages tonight. We'll have this thing. We'll have this pilot done. A comedy. Well, he was thinking you could do it. You could do it like a thirty minute, like a, you, or you could make it more of a comedy because the way I was describing the characters, he's like, you could make it more of a comedy or you could make it a drama. But right. I was like, oh, a dramedy. That you, you know that I, I get, yeah, I could do dramedy. So he was like. He was like, "Yeah, we'll have the pilot done in two weeks." He's like, "He's like, you're the creator. I'll be the I'll be the writer, and then we'll we'll take out and we'll pitch." What do you mean you'll have a pilot done? Like he'll write the pilot. He'll write the entire oh, pilot. He'll write the pilot. I mean, Jesus, I thought you meant filming it. No, no, he'll write the pilot. And he's like, and then we'll uh, we'll go out and pitch it and stuff. And I'm like, uh, "Are you serious?" <laughs> so you're going to go out and do film? I, pitches? I don't know. Well, you know, here's the thing. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens, right? I, I'm just telling you what happened. <laughs> I can't believe you would even entertain this. I will entertain a lot of things. So I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting that, um, uh, well, it's, it's just like, it's just fun to do different things, right? And this guy, if this guy was a nobody, if he had never, if he didn't have any, if he had never sh- made a movies or sold a screenplay or sold a script, you'd be like, well, this guy's just, you know, we're just having a, a ridiculous conversation, right? But, no, I think this, I think it's awesome. I mean, it's, it is very awesome. It's exa- I mean, I, I would do something like that, but I just, I can't 
What, what, so far, I can't envision you doing something like that. Well, but that is absolutely awesome. Well, so I go. Uh, so I sent him, a, you know, we were, I sent him some emails and some uh, some ideas, and he's like, "Yeah, just." He's like, I'll go home and start knocking some stuff out. You know, you know, maybe think of, think think about the characters a little bit. And he's like, we've written it. Right. And I said, what about right? He's like, we've written it right here because I was just telling him they could do this. Like, we we just wrote it. Pilot's done. <laughs> it's done. I'm like, what? <laughs> you you can do. You could do. You know what you could do um, with your fr- uh, you, who's who's your really good friend um, Mitchell, the funny guy, um, Phil. Phil, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do, you can do. Because if you're going into the movie business, you could, you know, the way he really wants to start off a podcast in the movie business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could do a podcast with him I guess about about going into the movie business and like <laughs> starting your film, like just like we're doing this startup podcast. You can do a second podcast about how you oh. accidentally ended up in the movie business. Accidental uh, <laughs> Hollywood uh, layer. I don't know. Well, it's funny because I have a couple of uh, friends who are um, moderately successful. As in writing, in, as being screenplay writers and directors, um, mm-hmm. my buddy Mitchell, another friend of mine, Christian, um, have both done some stuff. Um, and so I was talking to Mitchell about it yesterday, and I go, "Well, I said, let me run this by you." And he he got the idea. He's like, "Yeah, that would work." He's like, "I I can see that's a good idea. That could work, you know." And he's like, "Well," and I go, "Well, should it be a movie or TV show?" And he's like, "Well, it sounds like a TV show because it sounds like it's complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it you, you got to wrap it up and you know." whatever, 80 minutes or 90 minutes in a, in a movie. Oh, no, it's going to be another epic night. It's going to take two years night. before it exists. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I, I – and, and I said, well, is it more likely that you could – I mean, how hard is it to pitch a TV show versus a movie? And he said, well, it's always a long shot, right? So you, and, so you might as well just do what you want. I mean, do you want it – do you think it would be cool as a TV show or a movie? He's like – I said, well, probably a TV show. So like, well, then do a TV show, you know? Because he's – you know, he, he himself, he's sold a ton, a ton of scripts. He's made a bunch of, you know, small movies and stuff. You, you, you were just complaining about how, you know, Stargate Universe is coming to an end and how there's no good sci-fi shows. Now you're like, oh, okay, write my own. Yeah, screw it. I'm not, you know, not invented here. Like, you know, screw it. I'll just do it myself. Well, I was just thinking about it. I was like, if there was a TV show that I would want to watch, you know, because X-Files and Lost were two of my favorite shows. Ocean's Eleven was one of my favorite movies. That's, that's kind of what I'd want. Mm-hmm. I'd want X-Files meets Lost with kind of a Ocean's Eleven or something like that sort of uh, tone to it. That would be an that if done well would be a, a really fun thing to watch. I would think. So so let me ask you: Are you are you planning on um, casting yourself in any of the roles? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But I'll cast you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, so we'll see. I just figured I'd throw. I just tell you about it. Well, I'm, let me do the. Can I do the music for it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I um. I, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it could be in like two or three weeks. I'd be like, ah, you know, Tyler didn't have time to do it. You know, whatever. We'll see. I I, I view it as a, as a as a as a long shot. But I I figured if he says he'll write it, I mean, great. Because I, I was funny. I was talking to my Mitchell about that. And I go, well, because I, when I well, okay when I first talked to Tyler, I'm like, so you're just gonna write it? I'm like, do, do I need to write it with you? He's like, no, I'll write it. He's like, I'll knock it out. And I'm like, well, and I get to be the creator and I don't have to write it. He's like, yeah, that's that's fine. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's perfect because <laughs> it's like in our world of software development that's not how it works you don't come up with an idea and get to jail tell a software developer or found uh, you know some technical guy hey just go build this and we'll be co-founders well that is kind of the good thing about the whole tv thing i mean like you, they say that ideas don't really mean that much it's all about execution that's the software world but actually in the film world and, and the book world you know ideas mean a lot yeah yeah so you know it, it, you know, and, and that's, that's actually right. And that's what, that's what, um, 
Mitchell, my buddy Mitchell was telling me when I was asking about this. He's like, no, it's, it's happens a lot of time. He's like, you know, it's a production company's with a lot of times they have guys coming in, partner up and some guy will come up with an idea and create, be the creator and they bring a guy in to write it and they go in and you have a, you know, series creator and a series writer. And he's like, but most likely what would happen is you'd end up selling it. Right. Because you don't, even if we were, even if this thing gets done, let's, so let's say that Tyler pulls some magic out and three weeks later we actually have a pilot. Right. And it's actually decent. Let's say it's decent. Then what would happen is, you know, we would each pull our connections, you know, do some pitching. And if we were lucky, you know, you might actually, um, someone might option it or buy it. And he's like, you know, since, and what Mitchell was saying is he, since you, you don't, he's talking to me, since I don't have, you know, a lot of credibility in the sense that I have like, oh, here are all these, here are all these series that I wrote for and here's what I directed or whatever. You know, you're, they'll, they'll, they'll hire a showrunner and, and they'll just probably buy you out. And maybe what are you talking about? Your co-host of texting. Of course, you got credibility. <laughs> Not credibility. It's just I don't have. And because one thing I said, I go, well, didn't Chris Carter, the guy who created um, X Files? I mean, wasn't the first thing he did? For some reason, I remember that he just wrote for like Surf Magazine or Surfer Magazine or something, and then he came up with this idea of X Files and pitched it. And and Mitchell went on IMDb, and he's like, no, actually, he wrote. He was like back to '86 because it launched in '93, and it was like six or seven years before that he had been writing for different shows and sold a bunch of stuff. So I was like, no, that's, that's not really how it works. Okay. So anyway, I figured I'd tell you that that was a fun, a fun story. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'll see you in a couple of weeks, <laughs> whether Tyler is just, uh, you know, full of it or whether he's, uh, he actually can knock something out. I think that's a, a very fun way to end the show. Um, we've been going for just coming up to an hour and a half. All right. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Cause you, uh, you got to get out of here, right? That's right. You have stuff to do. Well, uh, I I was meant to get out uh, half an hour ago, but you know what? It's been such a fun show. I didn't even notice. Oh, really? Okay. Well, no, it's true. I'm serious. Cool. Well, I, you know, it's funny thing you were talking about making an hour show. I can't do. We can't do an hour show. I still. I know. Five, <laughs> it's not possible. There are five more things that I was going to talk about. I can't even. Can't even talk them. Oh, well, you know one thing I will say. I no. am not. I, Jason Roberts. I for the Jason Roberts search term. I am actually number four. Oh, really? Because of texting? I don't know. Yeah, I know from Makota Saparande from my blog. Okay, great. That's I awesome. was like, I, I'm still behind Jason Roberts, the SAP consultant, and the uh, Jason Roberts, the Texas fiddle man. <laughs> now, are you logged into Google or, or logged out when you're doing the search? Um, not sure. Does that make a difference? Yeah, because it kind of customizes it based on sites that you've been to. So, really? Um, it, yeah. So I might be. Well, once you do search, you do a search for it. What am I? I I'm doing a search in a logged out mode. Well, no, same for me because I've been to Modus Operandi a number of times. Codus Operandi. S- sorry, Codus Operandi, yeah. So when I do a search in a logged out mode, no, 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 no. You are, oh, you're on the front page, but you are second from the bottom. Ah! Oh. <laughs> just, just log out of Google and do a search and you'll see. Oh, let's see. What are you for Justin Vincent? Uh, let's have a look. You're probably number one. I don't think so. Uh, I'm I'm number two. Number one is um, an American football running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I'm beat up. But Jay, the yeah, the Jason Roberts number one is a f- guy a footballer who plays for uh, Blackburn Rovers. However, I'm I'm number two, three, four, six, eight. I mean, I've got like most of the front page. He's just got like two links. Huh. Well. Anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I was thinking though, I could see how you were talking about how nice it is to have like justinvincent.com, where obviously I just have codisoperandi.com. I don't right. have jasonroberts.com was taken a long time ago. That's by the uh, it's taken by the SAP consultant. Mm-hmm. That's like it's pretty nice to have actually be able to have that domain. Well, you never know. Maybe he'll die one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. (laughs) That's a wrap. We're out. (laughs) Uh, I think that's the end of the show. (laughs) All right, dude. That's funny.